Welcome, bienvenidos, to another episode celebrating Bleeding Disorders Awareness Month. Today, I'm your host, Alexa, and you're listening to the Bloodstream Podcast. I'm just going to say it, and yes, I, I am a little biased, but today's episode is my favorite for the month of March. We'll be talking about the beautiful island of Puerto Rico, the hemophilia chapter that if you didn't know existed on the island, well, now you know. Um, and our guest will explain what life is like for people living with bleeding disorders after the hurricanes and even more. Today, our guest is Anthony Janis, the executive director of the Puerto Rico Hemophilia chapter, and we'll be talking all about Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is not only my favorite place on earth, it's also my home. And if you don't recall middle school history class, and it's fine if you don't, Puerto Rico is a commonwealth of the United States. In all honesty, no one really knows what, what it actually means. But in theory, it means that Puerto Rico is part of the United States. And while Puerto Ricans cannot vote in presidential elections and have a vote less representation in Congress, Puerto Ricans are born U.S. citizens. Raising awareness for the American citizens of Puerto Rico is dear to my heart. Often, Puerto Ricans are not included in conversations and are treated very poorly. Today's episode will give you a snapshot of Puerto Rico and the bleeding disorders community. We'll be back right after this quick break with Anthony Janis. Today, I'm really, really excited because we have Anthony Janis, the executive director of the Puerto Rico chapter with us today. Uh, welcome, Anthony. Hello, Alexa. Thank you for having me here. Of course. So let's get started. Um, a lot of our listeners may not know that there is a chapter in Puerto Rico, um, but can you talk to me about what was the journey like to uh, officially pronounce the Association of, of Puerto Rico uh, as an official 501c3 and then later on a chapter of the hemophilia community? Well, APH has been founded for 22 years, but on April 3, 2020, was the exact day that APH obtained the status of Pfizer 1C3, and then months later became a chapter. It was a real, a real challenge, a long, a long and tedious process, because there was a lot of missing puzzle pieces. It took me about two years to complete the whole process because there was there was no financial reports prepared. Neither did I have the bank statement. There, uh, and sometimes there was a change of bank institution in the past. So we basically had data in one bank and the rest of the one in another one. I wasn't authorized to, to request that bank statement and that information. So I have to ask for it authorization, we had to pay taxes uh, to find a, an identified a CPA who wanted to work with the case and was a long road. But once in the middle of the, in the pandemic, we received the Pfizer 1C3. We affiliate with um, national organizations. And finally, during March, 2020, we became a chapter officially. 
That is so impressive. All of that during a pandemic. That That is quite remarkable. And as we're talking about, um, you know, not so happy and positive things, um, Puerto Rico really made the headlines during 2017 because of the devastating hurricanes that touched the island, both Hurricane Maria and Hurricane Irma. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about how the hurricanes and the aftermath of the hurricanes affected the lives of people living with bleeding disorders in Puerto Rico? Well, I think we can all agree that there's a before Maria and after Maria for, uh, for Puerto Ricans. Nothing was ever the way it used to be. Hurricane Maria left a trauma and, and mark on everyone's life. Um, back then, the whole island was out of power. So our patient was in need. There was no electricity or power to keep their medications refrigerated. Um, the roads were obstructed. There was closed roads. There was no access to the highways and main avenues of the country. Um, so in case of an emergency, uh, our families could not reach an emergency room or uh, the HTC. Um, there, these were uncertain times. Uh, there was no communications. When the communications began to restore like almost a month after I was able to establish communication with people from the community of bleeding disorders in the United States, who in their concern were interested in helping, but they didn't know how, how to do it. So basically they, they traveled to Puerto Rico and a group of volunteers took the street without communication, without signal. Um, uh, we, we were only have a patient and record that wasn't updated by that time. And in rented cars, we tried to impact the community and some, some days we have success, in other cases not because the, the road was closed, so we, we have to go back. And basically, I think that that exercise helped us to all understand the true meaning of our organization mm. there, like that, like to yes. serve as a support network. Um, I think that uh, by that time, APH uh, was like the re resurface because as a resilient community that we are. Since that moment, all eyes have been in Puerto Rico. Uh, for us, our organization, we begin to receive help, uh, establish collaborations, networking, and guiding uh, in the process. Uh, so basically at the beginning of, that was on 2017. On 2018, a new board of directors composed of young patients uh, with bleeding disorders, with all bleeding disorders and caregivers was selected. And since that moment, uh, APH has stopped, stopped working and in volunteers and people joining and people committed to taking the organization to another level. I started as a board president. I spent almost two years and a half as a board president, and now I'm the executive director of APH. And we, we Puerto Ricans uh, with Bleeding Disorders could not be more proud to call you the executive director. You've done so much work for the community. Um, it's something that 
that really comes from your heart. It's always been so genuine. So thank you for everything that, that you have done to get the chapter to where it's at today. Um, I love that you brought up the you brought up how resilient the people are, because sometimes I feel like when we talk about Puerto Ricans and the hurricane, we tend to focus again on the on the negative. But so the people of Puerto Rico are so strong and so resilient that they came out of that and came out even stronger. Um, so so now we're we're in 2021. There's a have global pandemic going on, Puerto Rico experienced the hurricanes and then uh, experienced a lot of earthquakes and now the pandemic, just like the rest of the world. What is APH, the chapter in Puerto Rico, doing to support the community with living disorders? As you mentioned, we're in the middle of a, a pandemic right now. Uh, and even though APH continue and remains committed to continuing to educate our community uh, virtually because this is the way that everyone has to, to do it right now. Uh, but we didn't have a problem uh, adapting to the situation. So we changed all our programming to virtual and we continue educating remotely, virtually to empower our community and for them to advocate for better medical services, treatment, and a better quality of life. Basically, we offer virtual educational programs, monthly educational events, uh, such as annual meetings, summer camp, Christmas event that are the, the most frequent, frequented by, by our families. Uh, we have a emergency assistance program that it was established during the pandemic too, because we we obtained the funds and we we developed develop it. So we have helped our community during the pandemic with rent, bills, utilities, back to school expenses, medical equipment such as crutches, canes, helmets, during hospitalizations, with transportation, etc. And we we have a we started a pilot program for for a, a advocacy workshop for teenagers. So we we have ten wonderful young people patients uh, of all bleeding disorders who have a lot of potential, and we are helping them to develop as leaders in our community. So basically, our our work haven't stopped. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That that's really that's really incredible, uh, Anthony. I would love our listeners and 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 followers to connect with you, to connect with the people of Puerto Rico and the chapter. Um, is there any way that that people can donate or stay connected with you and the rest of the Puerto Rican chapter? Of course, um, basically to, to learn more about APH, you can follow us on our social media, Facebook and Instagram, like Asociación Puerto Riqueña de Hemofilia, or visiting our website, www.hemophiliapr.org, so people can donate through PayPal uh, on, the, on the website. And also during the next month, we will have uh, our first sale uh, t-shirt sale that will be available during the months of March or, and April uh, that 
everyone know that is like the bleeding disorders months and uh, hemophilia word day. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Gracias un millón, Anthony, uh, for your time and for sharing with us what the chapter is doing and for raising awareness for the people of Puerto Rico. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Sumamente agradecido con la oportunidad. Gracias, gracias, Anthony, for being with us the Bloodstream team for your work on this series. Thank you all for listening. And thanks to Keda for being the presenting sponsor of the Bloodstream podcast. Check out bleedingdisorders.com to learn more. That is all for this episode. Eso es todo. Ya no más. Circle back to hear all the episodes celebrating Bleeding Disorders Awareness Month and find Bloodstream Media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out the program notes for this episode in your podcast player, or on bloodstreammedia.com, where you'll find links and information related to the stories and segments featured on this episode.